Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Welcome to another edition of Leadership Matters, a show that aims to support the leadership development of current and future public and nonprofit leaders. Each episode is designed to inform leaders and inspire solutions. I'm Tom Wall, and I'll serve as the moderator of our discussion today. I work with the Alliance for Strong Families and Communities and for the Strategic Change Initiative. We work together to help organizations to strengthen and transform themselves to help them to assure a more successful future. With me today as our guest panelist is my good friend, Andre Howard. Andre, would you please introduce yourself? Yes, thanks, Tom. Glad to be here. Andre Howard with the Alliance for Strong Families and Communities, a center in leadership, and excited about today's show. Uh, bring you greetings from uh, lovely Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Fantastic. Well, today, Andre and I are proud to have as our special guest, Greg Ryan, the Chief Strategy Officer at Heartland Family Services. Now, Greg has held many clinical and administrative roles during his 16 years with Heartland Family Services. In his current role as Chief Strategy Officer at Heartland Family Services, Greg works with their CEO, their leadership team, and their board of directors to develop, implement, and monitor their organization's strategic plan and lead many of their organization-wide strategic initiative. Greg, it's so good to have you with us today. Every leader has taken a journey to uh, get to where they are. Could you please share the journey that eventually led you to become the Chief Strategy Officer at Heartland Family Services? Thanks, Tom. I think I got started there a little bit quick. Um, no problem. I appreciate problem. the opportunity to, uh, to come on the show today and talk a little bit uh, about my journey. And um, also, um, Andre, thank you for the opportunity to do this as well. So yeah, um, my, my journey here at Heartland Family Service, um, you mentioned 16 years. So I've been here quite a while, and I've really kind of grown up in the agency. So when I started here, I was uh, a therapist fresh out of school, and uh, my first role was working with kids in the juvenile justice system. I did um, assessments for the court system, went into families' homes, assessed the situation, provided recommendations to the court um, as far as treatment and support wraparound services that the youth and family could benefit from. So I did that for uh, about two years and got a lot of experience that way. And then opportunity became available to manage the program, become the director of the program. And uh, the program was going through some changes at the time. Um, And so it was an exciting thing to move into that role. And I I managed the program for about five years, took us through an overhaul in our process, which I learned a lot from. And then, um, but after about five years, I was looking for a new challenge. And I had always been interested in program evaluation and evaluation, continuous improvement. How do you, um, how do you break down a system into its component parts, look to see where there's places where things could work better, and then put that process back together in a way that um, is more efficient or works to achieve a better outcome for clients. So I moved into our 
uh, director of quality improvement and compliance role. And that was just a natural fit for my interests and, and kind of my background. And I was in that role for, um, I think, about three or four years. And then our agency applied for and received uh, one of the Strategy Counts grants through the Alliance. So provided us an opportunity to create a position on our leadership team specific for a strategy officer. So I moved into that role mainly because I had been doing some of that work already related to program evaluation, kind of looking at our portfolio of programs, how do we make decisions about where we're going to invest and uh, maybe one, some things that we are going to divest of the organization. So I was already looking at some of those things that was a natural fit for me to move into that role. And I believe that was maybe six years ago now mm-hmm. that uh, we created the chief strategy officer role and I moved into that role. So it's been uh, definitely beneficial for our organization, although it has taken some time to kind of find our our stride in with the role and how does it fit in with the other members of the leadership team and what are the what's the unique value that the, the position brings. Outstanding. Well, why don't you talk to us about how strategic changes work now within your Heartland organization. How do you make strategy happen within your organization? So um, this is really fresh in my mind, as it should be, but we went through our uh, major strategic planning process this past year. So we do major strategic planning in four-year cycles where we set the direction, set these overarching directions for the organization that are going to be consistent or a little bit more longer term in focus. We just did that last year. And uh, so to do that, we're gathering lots of information from key stakeholders. Uh, Our CEO, John Janetta, and myself will go out and, or we did go out and we met with staff groups across the agency. Like, we pretty much got in front of every single staff person, and we asked them a group of strategic questions. Every group got the same questions, and it related to things about what are the strengths of the agency, what are the weaknesses of the agency, what are key values of the agency, where do you want to see the agency go, what are key problems that the agency is going to face over the next four years? What priorities do they have for the agency? And we, so we asked staff, we asked our program directors, our leadership team members responded to these same questions, our board of directors. We even uh, connected with key stakeholders, key referral sources, key funders, um, key friends of the agency. And gathered all this information, background information to help us kind of understand what do our stakeholders think of Heartland Family Service and where we should go. So that laid a foundation of information that we used during a two-day planning retreat where um, based on that information and also key trends in in the sector, both locally and nationally, we worked to generate a, just a, as many ideas as possible. It was a, the first day of our re- planning retreat was really to, to generate as many ideas as possible. What are the potential things that Heartland Family Service could do or directions we could go over the next four years that would benefit us, that relates to the things that were important to our stakeholders? 
at the end of the day, we probably came up with uh, over 200 different potential ideas, which we obviously can't go in 200 directions at once, although some, some days right. it may feel that way. Um, <laughs> so the second day was of the retreat was really honing those ideas down and evaluating those ideas as far as which of these ideas have the greatest potential for impact, which are the most realistic. And a lot of what happened during that day is that we would combine ideas or refine ideas until we got down to four key overarching directions that relate to our balanced scorecard, which is a way that we kind of organize our strategic work. Mm-hmm. So in our mission area, which is focused on the impact the agency has on um, the clients that we serve and the community that we work in, our initiative is around innovative service delivery models that are delivered and fill gaps in underserved populations. So that's kind of in our, that's our direction that we want to focus in related to mission internal processes, how we do work. There's a big theme around technology and leveraging technology and how do we leverage technology to engage all of our stakeholders. So not only our clients, but our staff and our volunteers and our donors and our referral sources, more and more people are looking to technology as a way to interact and engage with an organization. And we want to be, be providing those opportunities to our stakeholders. So the third area is learning and growth. And this, we really focus on our staff and our staff talent. And over the past four years, our previous strategic plan, we focused on engagement. This time around, in, in addition to engagement, we're also looking at uh, recruitment. What are our recruitment strategies? What are our retention strategies? So at the front of that staff process and at the end, keeping them retained. And then the fourth area is financial. And we're really looking at extending our horizon as far as our financial planning goes and setting ourselves up for long-term financial stability. So that whole process leads us, provides this overarching um, directions for us. And then we do annual action planning where we're we're doing specific projects and tasks that'll move the needle in each of those main four areas. Fantastic. My goodness. Very, very comprehensive. So how long did it take you to get from start to finish on that process, Greg? That's really a year-long process for us. Uh, gathering that information from all the stakeholders takes about about nine months. And then we um, summarize that information do additional research to supplement that information. The planning retreat is a two-day retreat, although it takes probably about two months to get that planned and ready to go. And then after mm-hmm. the retreat, we're working on finalizing, refining and finalizing uh, the strategic planning document, identifying those projects that we're going to take on in each of those areas over the next year. Outstanding. Well, let's take a pause. We need to take a short break. Please stay with us. We'll be right back and further explore those ideas. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more. Old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace. Every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back. I'm Tom Wall, and with me is Andre Howard and our special guest, Greg Ryan, Chief Strategy Officer at Heartland Family Services. In our last segment, Greg was reviewing his leadership journey and sharing how strategy actually works within the Heartland organization. Greg, in this segment, I wonder if you'd talk about how important is your relationship with your CEO and how do you work with your CEO to actually implement the strategy once you've developed it? Yeah, that's a, it's a key relationship, I think. Um, the, the CEO is the, the face and, and really the drive, a lot of times the driving force uh, of the organization direction-wise. So um, it's really important for myself to be to really kind of have a shared mind with our CEO, John Janetta, um, because he's oftentimes putting the message out there. And his when, when he puts a message, message out there, it receives a level of attention and credibility that really can't be matched by anyone else in the organization. Mm-hmm. So the information and ideas 
oftentimes flow back and forth between myself and him. There are things he's always thinking about the agency, and I'm always thinking about the agency from both an operational and a strategic uh, perspective. So when he has an idea about how he thinks the agency should work or is working, then I work to incorporate that information into the strategic initiatives. What are, where are we placing our efforts? At the same time, I oftentimes am in, I'm taking these different concepts that are floating around in the organization. Sometimes they're coming from John. Sometimes they're coming from new things that we're doing, a special project, um, a, a grant that we may be going after to implement a new innovative service, and then incorporating those concepts into what the agency is about and the direction that we're going and working to maintain alignment between the opportunities kind of on a day-to-day basis that come our way and then that overarching arc of what direction we're heading and what, what does it mean to deliver services from Heartland Family Service or receive services from Heartland Family Service. So it's, it's really integral in it, and the information flow is both ways. Outstanding. Why don't you talk to us about your work with your board? How do you interface with your board, and what specific responsibilities do you have, for example, at board meetings? So the board is critical as well. They're the owners of the organization, so they approve, um, ultimately have approval over what programs we're going to do, what grants we're going to go after, um, and, and whatnot. So as I mentioned before, they're a key part of setting the strategic direction over these next four years. Their input is critical. They have a different perspective on what's going on locally and are also have their pulse on trends that are happening just industry-wise, industry-wide in business and whatever realms they come from that can help inform how we do our work and do our business. So their input and their perspective is critical. As far as kind of specifics, every quarter I'm providing an update to our board on about progress on our strategic plan. So we have two components to that update. One component is providing progress, uh, a progress report on the action items that we have under each of our four strategic directions. So each of those action items are assigned to and have a leader from our leadership team. Now that leadership team member may not be doing necessarily all the work related to those action items, but they're shepherding that action item, making sure progress is is continuing to happen. advocating for resources or going after a grant or whatnot in order to help to fund that activity. And I work to coordinate that, that work and, and kind of specifically in putting the report together, just getting their update and their feedback on, on what's going well and what's their next step. So that's one part of the update that's provided to the board. The other part is our strategic scorecard. So we have a scorecard that identifies a number of metrics in, again, each of our four strategic balance scorecard areas, mission, internal processes, learning and growth, and financial. There's anywhere from, I think, 
smallest group has about five indicators up to like our internal processes. There's a lot of things to keep track of there. I think that particular group maybe has close to 20 items. In total, I think we have about 30 items uh, on, on the scorecard that we provide an update to the board on a quarterly basis. And during those updates, what we'll do is we'll identify an area, either a metric or a project, an action item that we're working on where we could benefit from feedback from the board on ideas. In our past board meeting, we focused on our staff engagement and we provided an update or results from our staff engagement survey that we do annually. So we did an overview of results for our board of directors and kind of how that's trended over the last several years. And then we asked them for feedback about engagement. How do they engage staff at their organizations? What are the things that we, they feel like we're doing well and sh should do more of? And what are the areas that they think, hey, maybe you can try this, maybe you can try that. So mm -hmm. um, that's been uh, a dynamic way to engage the board in the strategic process, in these strategic discussions, even though they may not have uh, a real deep understanding of operations on a day-to-day -day basis. Understood. Let me shift gears just a bit. Strategy has come to be dynamically interconnected these days with leadership. What and who has influenced you the most in the development of your leadership skills? Oh, leadership is such a broad topic. Um, I think kind of my history is in through college and even in grad school to some extent. Um, I've always been an athlete, played basketball. And so I think leadership for me personally, very personally, has been shaped by some of the coaches that I have played for. And, you know, the lessons on work ethic and uh, confidence and uh, setting goals and achieving them. So I think um, even probably most, mainly at the college level, I played for um, a coach that's still coaching, Greg McDermott, who coaches at um, Creighton University here in Omaha, where we're based. He was my coach in college at a different, smaller college. I didn't play at Creighton. Um, but I've been able to watch his career progression and just learn from how he carries himself and me remembering when I played for him, how he carried himself and then how he carries himself publicly and the challenges that a team faces, that uh, a coaching staff faces. Um, and, and then being able to just give him a call and talk about some of those experiences. So, sure. you know, that's one example that's uh, maybe not as work specific related, but it certainly has, had an impact on the things I've adopted from a leadership perspective. Sure. As you say, leadership's a broad area. And obviously those things in our life that have the greatest influence on us uh, end up uh, really dynamically affecting uh, the way that we lead. What do you believe is the most important leadership skills for any leader who's working specifically in this strategy arena to develop? I think the biggest challenge that I have experienced and witnessed when I'm working with our program directors, 
Um, not so much at the leadership level. So I think developing leaders, you know, people who are still in their journey or maybe early in their journey of, of leadership, thinking beyond the urgent issues that, that's right in front of your nose, thinking mm-hmm. beyond the crisis of the day, um, and beginning to look, push that horizon and that perspective further out. And I think one of the things that happens naturally is that organizations, they put an annual operating budget together. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times, and this is something that our organization is really working hard at right now, is that is it's necessary, like absolutely necessary. Um, but if that is the only planning that happens is annual budget after annual budget after annual budget. Um, it's difficult to achieve some of the bigger strategic goals that I think a lot of times leadership teams, boards of directors put out there. When they do their strategic planning, they have this opportunity, set time aside, to think about big goals, things mm-hmm. that are going to take a lot of effort and are going to take a lot of time and 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 focused attention. But if we don't extend that horizon past the annual budget and look at three years, five years, 10 years out, even further than that, and get really crystal clear on where we want to be five years out, seven years out, 10 years out, then we're selling ourselves short on the decisions that we're making this year for this budget. Very so I think that's the real challenge is getting beyond the short-term focus that understandably when you're in a director role and you're managing staff, delivering services to clients on a day-to-day basis, you're going to have urgent things that need your attention. But mm-hmm. um, beginning to develop that ability to extend that horizon, extend that perspective is really key and I think when people start to do that, when leaders start to do that, they hit a, they set goals in a different way, and it creates a different kind of dynamic among their teams. Outstanding. We need to take another short break. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. 
The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back. I'm Tom Wall, and with me is Andre Howard and our special guest, Greg Ryan, the Chief Strategy Officer for Heartland Family Services. In the last segment, Greg was reviewing his role in work with the CEO and with their board. He was talking about leadership styles and the types of leadership skills that folks working in this strategic arena probably ought to focus on developing. In this third segment, we like to turn the questions over to our guest panelist, Andre. Andre, you have the microphone now. All right. Thank you so much, Tom. Greg, really have been enjoying this uh, conversation we've been having with you this afternoon. Hey, a few questions I'd like to kind of um, kind of uh, gear towards, uh, you know, the sector um, uh, and leadership. I think just kind of um, teasing a little bit off what Tom had uh, ended up with from the last section. So I think... You know, we as leaders, Greg. You know, we always try to keep up with the latest in um, knowledge and, and and trying to understand where trends are going and um, just being engaged in you know what it means to be a, a good leader uh, within the social sector. But be very interested in hearing from your perspective how you keep up with the uh, current um, trends, uh, goals, um, uh, news in the sector today, since there's so much hitting us. Uh, from different places. Uh, What do you do? How do you do it? So I think kind of from my perspective, um, there's probably two main ways in in my mind. And for me, my natural way to gather information is just like I read as much as I possibly can get my hands on. I'm always, you know, hitting Amazon for a new book. I think I probably have at least a half a dozen books that are like on my shelf, ready to go, waiting for me to uh, 
have a, a business trip or uh, a long weekend to dive into one of those books. So, uh, you know, sometimes it's books, sometimes, you know, articles on LinkedIn or through listservs, getting uh, regular articles or lists of articles um, delivered to my email. Now, obviously, we're all busy, and I maybe don't hit all the every day uh, go through that list. Um, but it's always the, I know it's always there, and when something piques my interest, if I don't have time at that moment, um, I'll save that for later. And and gosh, I I probably three or four days out of the week, if I'm actually taking a lunch hour and spending some time, kind of uh, away from the busyness of the day. I will pop open my phone, jump on LinkedIn, go to my email where I have saved an article and, and take, you know, three to five minutes and just buzz through an article quick to learn about something that's going on in the field, um, maybe some news that's happening or whatever the case might be. So for me, I gather a lot of information through just reading all the time and always looking for opportunities for new information, just that continuous learning piece. So. That's one approach that's probably my natural go-to. And then uh, another approach is, is talking with other people, like making those connections with other people that are doing the work, whether that's locally with organizations that we partner with or um, the systems in our local area that may impact our services, and talking with them about what's going on, uh, what challenges are they facing, what types of projects are they investing their effort and their attention in at that time? How does that relate to what we're doing and sharing information about what we're doing? And how do those things intersect? You know, one example of that is um, I talked earlier in one of the earlier segment, segments about our overarching direction around mission and implementing innovative service delivery models. And one of those innovative models that we're focused on is a place-based strategy. So we have gotten to be an organization that tends to deliver our services from our office buildings. And um, we expect clients to come to us for those services. And um, I think maybe that has been focused on in, in kind of in the name of efficiency because mm -hmm. uh, our staff can be in one location, our support staff are in one location, and there, there's, there's uh, a lot of reality to that. There is efficiency involved with that. But I think we're starting to think about um, show rates. So mm -hmm. some clients may have challenges coming to our office location, transportation challenges, childcare challenges, lots of different kinds of challenges, barriers to coming to us to receive services. So we're really intentionally focusing on how can we bring the services to our clients in their neighborhoods and communities where they live. And not only in terms of some of those practical barriers or challenges to accessing services, but also some of the cultural aspects, the, maybe the, um, the stigma that has tra been traditionally um, associated with services that we provide. If those services are provided 
on their by you know next to their corner store or in a a strip mall that's in their neighborhood where they go to get groceries or where they go to church mm-hmm. um, that may help to reduce the barrier whether it's a practical barrier or something that's less concrete um, to accessing our services. So that's something we've been, we've been focused on and, and, and we really need to do that in partnership. We are looking for organizations that are already embedded in these community, uh, in mm-hmm. communities and neighborhoods and yeah. then setting up shop, co-locating with them, figuring out how do we augment their services? What is, important and interesting to to what they're doing and the clients they're serving and how do we assist with that how do we support what they're doing and have a greater um impact in in being an advocate for those neighborhoods and the people that live in those neighborhoods mm-hmm. absolutely great great you've always provided great you've always had great insight throughout the years um, as you have provided, you know, the Alliance and others in our network um, um, good guidance and counsel. Uh, as you take a look at the crystal ball in terms of our sector, in terms of where we're going as a sector in the future, are you, are you hopeful? Are you optimistic? Are you um, a little discouraged? I mean, where do you think our sector is going to be in five, ten years? I mean, are we on the right path to have even greater collective impact? I mean, given all of the things that you and your organization are doing, uh, and maybe others. I mean, do you, are you hopeful for the future when it comes to the sector? I'm certainly hopeful. I think we are in a challenging time. Uh, I think the growth of value-based contracting and some of the changes that are happening with how services are paid for, uh, how clients are, um, how clients engage with our services, um, mm-hmm. That's, it's changing, and it's really challenging the sector to determine how do we um, adjust with that change. How do we access new sustainable sources of funding? What does sustainable sources of funding look like as there are fewer or more challenging contracts, government contracts for services. Um, Maybe there's not fewer, but they're consolidating. Uh, Certainly, I think from an administrative standpoint, they're becoming more and more difficult to administer, more complex. The system overall is becoming more complex. Uh, I talked about technology earlier, and and everyone is working to leverage technology to try and create efficiency. But with technology and, and implementing technology, it can create quite a bit of complexity. And um, the, the days of being able to, you know, count your clients on a tally sheet right. is, is going away. Like you're not going to get paid in that manner anymore. So right. you have to be able to leverage technology in order to uh, facilitate processes. So I think there's challenges, but, uh, and, and I think it's it's going to be important for organizations to invest in in those funding sources in that in those sustainable funding sources um, and and technology in a way that they haven't been haven't thought of before. Mm. Absolutely. 
part of that journey, too, for the sector, we've been hearing a lot of it in the news as of late, is this whole thing called diversity and equity and inclusion. And I know um, you, your organization, uh, John, the CEO there, have been uh, trenched and, and certainly take on the issue of equity diversity is an important one. Uh, any highlights to share in terms of your uh, equity journey over the past um, few months or years? Yeah, equity, inclu- inclusion, and our trauma-informed care culture is critical to our, our organization. Yeah. Um, I talked about before how our CEO and myself and it, really everyone on our leadership team, um, the discussions we have about what makes Heartland Family Service go and trauma-informed care and our culture of inclusion is absolutely at the foundation of that. We know that systems that have built up over the years in our society have um, provided advantages to some and created barriers for others. And we recognize that, one, we need to, to acknowledge that that is the case, that that, they're, that, 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 that that is a fact. And also, I think we've played, placed a big emphasis on including more and more perspectives from people who have lived those challenges and barriers and um, those that have had those advantages but realize and recognize those advantages and are working to create a more equitable place uh, to receive services, to work to uh, be self, self-sufficient within a community or a neighborhood. So it's really foundational to what we've done, and um, you know, we could probably fill an entire hour about sure. some of the things we've done right. In, right. on that. I would say just to give one a specific example that's fairly recent, um, our culture of inclusion, which focuses on mainly on diversity, and mm-hmm. then our trauma-informed care approach, those have traditionally been separate initiatives within the organization, yeah. and that has right. served us well because we've been able to focus in those areas and mm-hmm. make sure we're making good strides there. Recently, we um, are starting to realize that there's more in common between those two initiatives than there are mm-hmm. differences, and we're working sure. to incorporate that so it's a focus on our culture overall. We need to take another short break. Excellent, excellent ideas. We'll be right back to hear more. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858 
858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. We're back. I'm Tom Wall, and with me is Andre Howard and our special guest, Greg Ryan, Chief Strategy Officer for Heartland Family Services. In the last segment, Andre and Greg were discussing the ways that Greg stays current with his knowledge, uh, and he was talking in general about the importance of having a Chief Strategy Officer within the organization. Andre was also asking Greg to talk about his perceptions of the future, and Greg was sharing his optimism. In the final segment, we like to ask our guests to share two things. Number one, a mistake that they may have made that helped them to learn something about leadership that they probably wouldn't have learned without the mistake that they made. And then we like to ask our our special guests to offer some advice to other leaders in the field. So, Greg, first of all, would you please share a mistake that you may have made that helped you to learn something important about leadership? Um, that's a great question. I think, I don't know if it's a mistake, so hopefully I'm not uh, skirting the question, but it, it's been critical in kind of what I think about when I think about leadership, and it's from when I was uh, a new leader, the director of the evaluation program that I talked about uh, early on. And the first year I talked about changes that were happening with our process, and um, we branched out. We're pretty regional in the Omaha Council Bluffs area, um, 
right on the Missouri River here. And we branched out and provided, we were providing evaluations in some of the more extended uh, communities in Nebraska. And that was new for us, and it didn't go extremely well. Um, we didn't have strong relationships in those communities, um, and we just, we just were not succeeding. And it was creating quite a bit of financial burden on the agency. And my vice president at the time, eventually a decision was made that we were going to uh, restructure and, and let those uh, satellite locations go. And not only did it impact the staff that we had contracted with in those locations, it also meant that we needed to reduce staff here in our home location. And that was really difficult. Like that was my first year of being a manager and we're laying off staff and um, I felt like I was failing, um, even though I was putting in as much effort as I ever have uh, in trying to make it work. But the thing I learned is that once we did that, uh, our performance soared. Like we were able to uh, really manage the new process, the new evaluation process, uh, much better because we were focused here in, in, in an area and geographically that we were already in. And really, we just took off after that decision was made. So um, for me, it was just, a, it was eye-opening for, for two reasons. One is it kind of woke me up that being a manager of a program, like you're not only responsible for your job, but you're also responsible for no, not to overstate it, but kind of the livelihood of the people that are reporting to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that made that manager role, a leadership role, I took it much more seriously than maybe I had before when I was thinking, oh, this is great, I'm, I'm the director now kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it just helped Very me good. understand the responsibility involved. And then on the other Very side, it just sometimes um, those decisions are hard, and but it it's the right decision to make, even though it's hard to make. That's right. Sometimes the hard decisions are, your right, as you say, they're the right ones to make. And that's probably, right. I guess, the advice I would give as well. Like, don't be afraid of the, the decisions that emotionally are difficult, um, because sometimes your best performance is going to be on the other side of that difficult decision. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. You know, if, if we wrap this up, and I didn't ask you one fundamental question before we wrapped up, I would be remiss. Why do you believe strategy has become so elevated and it's important in our field? Well, I think it's that it's the complexity that I, that I talked about before. Um, and that complexity just creates this tyranny of the urgent. You can get lost in the details and all of the this ways and that ways of how are we going to get this paid? Are we going to get this authorization? Um, where's our next referral going to come from? And you can lose sight of this overarching arc of where you want to be, whether it's your, a program or whether it's your organization. You know, being clear about the the place you want to be when you grow up or however you want to phrase that um, mm-hmm. is, is so critical and that's, that's strategic and it, it can help provide um, guidance for all of that day-to-day stuff that we have to take care of. You can't ignore the, the, the day-to-day stuff, but being clear on 
where you want to get to and the path that it's going to get you there provides direction for those day-to-day decisions. Outstanding. Well, unfortunately, we've run out of time for today, but I would like to express tremendous thanks to Andre Howard and to our special guest, Greg Ryan. Excellent ideas shared today. Please join us again next time when we'll offer another segment of Leadership Matters. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Thank you.